Chris and the guys at Greenview Construction LLC are a firm offering professional services in design and of course construction. And they are proud to announce that they've completed design and 3D renderings for two spec home models located in the Jupiter and Palm Beach Gardens area, sitting on over one acre lots. Now, they've got four lots available for these model homes. The first is a British West Indies model style, totaling just over four and a half thousand square foot, air-conditioned space, five bedrooms, five bathrooms, and they boast 16-foot ceilings in some areas. The second, more traditional style home, 3,100 square foot, air-conditioned space, four bedrooms and four baths. They boast 14-foot ceilings in some areas. Both models will have a free-flowing layouts that connect the kitchen, the family room, living room, library, I mean library, a den, an outdoor lanai, and both models will have an option to add a detached in-law suite if you really want the in-laws to move in, and a garage totaling an additional 1,000 square foot. You can visit Chris and the team online at www.greenviewconstruction.com. You can email Chris Tyson, that's C Tyson, as in Mike Tyson, C Tyson at greenviewconstruction.com, or you can call 561-727-5013. They're also on Facebook, they're on Instagram, they're on Twitter, just look for Greenview Construction. And if that wasn't enough, they have an appointment-only showroom at 715 Commerce Way West, Suite 14 in Jupiter, Florida. Are you a South Florida property owner with an insurance claim? Are you dealing with water, mold, or fire damage? Looking for a reputable, fully licensed, insured, and certified contractor? Water Cleanup of Florida is here for you 24 hours a day. When a disaster strikes in your home or business, you need specialized, fast, and reliable services. Water Cleanup of Florida understands the impact and stress an unexpected disaster may cause. With over 62 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, and Eric and their team is prepared to handle any size disaster. The guys are born and raised in South Florida, so changing the narrative on the way contractors conduct business in South Florida is extremely important to them. Their objective is to make cleanup and insurance claim process painless and hassle-free. Water Cleanup of Florida is also a licensed building contractor, so they provide the A to Z service, one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There's no need to bring in other contractors. They will handle it all for you. Call or text them anytime at 561-408-7835 for immediate assistance. The number again, 561-408-7835. Water Cleanup of Florida. This show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a revolutionary new daily fantasy game whereby you pick two, three, or four players to go over or under their fantasy point projections, and if you're correct, you win. Pick two or more players from the same sport or league, or go cross leagues for your parlay. Use the promo code 5, that's F-I-V-E, 5, and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. But first, sign up at prizepicks.com to start winning today. Welcome to 3 Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to another edition of 3 Yards Per Carry. I'm Alfredo Arteaga. Simon Clancy is not here. He's, he's kind of missing today. But Chris Kaufman is here. He, is he still in Colombia? I have no idea. If he if he's still in Colombia, that would be three weeks. Which um, kind of makes sense, right? He kind of he kind of said. Oh, it was wait, wait, be hold a while. on, hold on. It's August eleventh. He comes back August seventeenth from holiday, like he likes to say. Oh, uh, see, see, there you go. So next week, next week, Simon will be back on from his vacation. Yeah, th- these Europeans don't work, do they? 
Uh, well, they get they get they get PTO like they got they got plenty of it. Yeah. Well, we're gonna start with the the seismic news today. Adam Shaheen oh, is yeah. back. Yep. Adam <laughs> Shaheen is is a Miami Dolphin again. Um, I know that many of you are shocked, confused, <laughs> upset, happy, um, a whole mix of emotions. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how that's going to work. It's like, hey, uh, we traded you. Uh, welcome back, I guess. Uh, who, who the fuck cares? That's not the seismic news. <laughs> okay, the seismic news. And we're, we're only going to spend a little bit of time on this because we've got to talk about the two days in Tampa. Sure, sure. Of course. But um, Sports Business Journal is reporting that the Dolphins owner, Stephen Ross, has taken initial steps to notify the league of his intention to change his successor from Bruce Beal to his daughter, Jennifer Ross. Now, you would say, why is that seismic? Why, why should I give a crap that one, that one billionaire is not going to get it and another billionaire is going to get it? Well, this is Stephen Ross telling uh, a billionaire that he can't have one of the best assets on the planet. So it is seismic. It's uh, pretty good. Is he scapegoating Bruce Beal over Tampergate? Uh, yes, a hundred percent. Yes. Um, 100. Yes. 100%. Yes. He is like, he is, he is letting Bruce Beal take the fall for, uh, for Tampergate. 100%. Okay. Well, which is, which is really, which is really odd because, um, you know, let's, okay. Let's be real here for a second. Bruce Beal was supposed to be the, was the guy that had the, um, the relationship with Tom Brady. Yes. Right. So, so two out of the three, two of the three instances of tampering that Miami got in trouble for were having to do with Tom Brady. Um, and it was Bruce Beal that was, you know, I, I think even the commissioner said that it was Bruce Beal who, uh, who was messaging Tom Brady in like August of 20, uh, 2020, was it? Yeah, or I believe so. Or 2021 yeah. or one of the two. Yeah. yeah yeah whatever whatever it was um and it was like it was august before the season even started and then throughout the season and and so on and so forth and um and so you know and, and then when they link back up with brady in the future and like oh we're gonna make him partial owner or something like that you know that that probably all had to be bruce beal's baby too um so, but you know, the, the Sean Payton thing, I, I, I don't know that that had anything to do with Bruce Beal or not. Um, I don't really, I don't really know the answer to that question, but, um, you know, this could be Steve Ross essentially. I mean, there could be two things going on here. There could be Steve Ross being like, you know, he was, he was really angry. or So I heard when, when the news came down, um, it could be, you know, he's just that angry and, uh, and now he's, he's taking steps to, uh, to, to take it away from Bruce Beal. I mean, this guy's not even an owner yet, right? <laughs> this guy's not even an owner yet. And he's already stepping, you know, he's already running afoul of the league rules in like a big way, in a way that the, this is the most severe tampering punishment ever in the league history because, and they did it because, um, because I think they say it was the most egregious instance of tampering in uh, the entire history of the league. So, um, or that they've, that certainly that they've ever investigated and reviewed. So um, before this guy's even an owner, you know, 
Like, what are the what are the other owners thinking about this? You know, this guy's not allowed at owners meetings for a year now. Um, and you know, what is Roger Goodell thinking about this? Um, what is not not that he's empowered by the owners, so it matters more, you know, what the other owners think. But I mean, before this guy even gets in the league, he's stepping in it. And you know, there's some things about the way the Dolphins have been run, and I know that Bruce Beal has been like you know part of it or has been there. And, you know, it could be Steve Ross just like saying this is this this guy's not right. And it could be Roger Goodell and, and some other owners in his ear being like, you know, this guy's not right. Yeah, we uh, don't want this guy in our in our country club. So, so and that's what it is. I mean, it boils down to it. It's all yeah, and usually what, what ha- what's going to happen here is, um, you know, not to look too far ahead, but uh, he's putting his successor as Jennifer Ross, usually how that would work is the same way it worked with the Robbies. If you remember back then, uh, they mm-hmm. were left with a pretty large inheritance tax. Mm-hmm. And they oh, decided, yeah. you know what? Uh, it's it's actually really, really smart business to just sell this thing and just pocket all the profit, you know, and then pay our taxes on the way out and we're gone. And that's it. End of story. So in that, in essence, I think that this is just an announcement like, hey, you know, if I kick the bucket, the team is for sale. That's pretty. It's pretty the much is, the team is for sale. How does that? How does that work? If if Jennifer Ross is going to be a successor, this is what he's saying. He's saying Jennifer Ross is going to own the Dolphins. Uh, how would how would that work? Passing off this asset to Jennifer Ross. We're talking about an asset worth maybe four, five, six billion dollars. Yeah. Um. I I think that it. I, I don't know this for sure, but I think that this has happened elsewhere in the league fairly recently. So, you know, that, that, that might take a little bit of research. This just, this just dropped like, I don't know, like how, how, how long ago did this drop? Like yeah. five minutes yeah. ago. <laughs> yeah. The, the problem with the Robbies could have been also maybe uh, taxes or of uh, construction bill coming in due on what was then hard rock well this was also this was the robbie's situation was also a long ass time ago and they probably they probably did not prepare for it as well as uh as as some other owners may do so today there could be a there could be a tax bill for sure um but you know the I mean, there, there could also be fundraising for that tax bill. Um, so, uh, you know, this, I just take this at face value. This is, this is Steve Ross changing it from, um, from Bruce Beal to Jennifer Ross. And I'm actually pretty happy about it. Um, to, to tell you the truth. Um, yeah. What I've learned, what I learned, what I learned from this uh, tampering investigation. Yeah. Uh, get that guy away from from my football team <laughs> well i you know i and i'm not trying to be you know overly progressive or you know anything but i i would welcome another female owner in the in the nfl mm-hmm. um this is very much a um a men's club and particularly a white men's club um and you know if I, I would I would welcome another female owner to the uh, to the NFL, uh, another female voice. Um, I have no idea what you know what she's like if she's like her dad. I mean, we, and that would be a bad assumption because um, you know kids 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 learn from their parents. They don't learn to be their parents. So yeah. um, so I think that uh, I think it's it's just interesting. And frankly, I was already concerned about the fact that the the Dolphins were going to uh, to pass on to Bruce Beal who's involved in all these shenanigans, you mm-hmm. know, already. 
And, um, and we're all like, we're all sitting here and we're like, we don't, we just don't want the dolphins to be a clown show anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, and I, I got the sense uh, from this investigation, read, the more I read about it, the Bruce Beal is one of these guys that, you know, has a relationship with Tom Brady and he's like, you know, uh, hey, look at me, look who I know and uh, look what I can do. Look what I, I'm on the inside. Uh, keep well, those maybe, guys. maybe that was, maybe that was his, uh, you know, that, that was part of his, maybe that was part of his uh, appeal to Steve Ross in the first place is, you know, like, Hey, keep an eye on Tom Brady. He's my boy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, now, now well, that's over. <laughs> well, that is no more. Okay. Yeah. Uh, dolphins were in, in Tampa these last two days. So was I, okay. Yep, yep. Uh, I was there on Wednesday. I was there today and, mm-hmm. uh, I drove all the way back here and, and I, I actually, before we were started recording, uh, I got here like about 15 minutes before I started recording. Nice. Uh, terrible weather on the way down. So mm-hmm. it delayed my arrival, but it was a very productive and very good two days. Uh, the only news I think that was kind of made today was Austin Jackson revealing that it was his birthday today and that the team dinner that Tua paid for the night before, he didn't attend it. <laughs> <laughs> Although he was at the same restaurant. He was also at Ocean Prime. Oh, was but, he? Yeah, okay. but he did not. Uh, Tua did not pick up his tab. So, so maybe so start your own uh, uh, conspiracy wait, wait. theories off of that. So, so wait, wait, say this again. Tua. Well, let's put, two, let's put two and two together. Tua said that he you paid. You mean Tua and Tua? Yeah, Tua on Wednesday said that he uh, he paid for a dinner. For, it was a $1,000 bill. Right, and it was for a buddy of his whose birthday was coming up. Naturally, whose birthday came up on Thursday? Austin Jackson. So everybody asked him, oh, so Tua paid for your dinner. And he was like, well, I didn't go with, with anywhere with Tua. <laughs> the night oh, before, okay. Which was awkward, right? But, you know, it's it's fine. But start but, your own conspiracy theory. But this, there. the, the, these were football players, though, because like Tua, Tua paid the tab for his teammates. Like mean, that yes. was the story. Yeah, but evidently Austin Jackson was not one of those teammates. Oh, okay. okay, but let's talk a little football uh, on Wednesday. I guess we'll be brief on this because you know it was all over our Twitter account, and we we talked about it plenty on OnlyFans, by the way. And you could get on OnlyFans for three dollars a month. That's uh, it. Three dollars a month. Yep. Our defense was pretty dominant on Wednesday. I wonder if, I wonder if Jennifer Ross is in the OnlyFans. Maybe. Maybe. I, I'm, I'm, I know that a Dolphin, a Dolphin personnel is on OnlyFans. I know that. Ooh. Yeah, and that's a fact. Like, that's that was confirmed to me this this weekend. <laughs> we were not allowed to say. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not allowed to say like, who it oh is. <laughs> There's somebody now on watch, there. Now we have to watch what we say. <laughs> not, an active, uh, not an active poster. Okay. Uh, lurker. A lurker, of course, he's a lurker. He, okay, she, whatever. Yeah, there's a lurker in there uh, from the Dolphins. Oh, okay, God. but um, uh, no, nah, but they've been supposedly they've been there for a while, and uh, we're in the clear. Like even we're even our clear. yeah, even our news. Uh, as long as you keep it, you know, inside of those, inside of that inside. server, you mm-hmm. keep you keep it on that Discord, and it doesn't get out to the, the to the public. We're we're in good shape. We have we have strong rules about this. Yes, we do. But the defense was dominant, uh, you know, so dominant that they sent Brady into like a 10 day retirement. Uh, yeah, basically. I mean, Brady just took his ball and went home. <laughs> yeah. Brady was like, fuck this. I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he had the one day and he was complaining. He was, you know, according to onlookers, he was 
he's basically just bitching the entire time about uh, about the offense, you know, not not doing well. And uh, I got to say then, this. I love Christian Wilkins. He's, of course. he's such a troll, but he's our troll. <laughs> well, never he's, he's, in the history of football was he like this in clemson do, do is there a yes, report yes. anywhere that says that he was like this in clemson yes, yes nobody has had his life threatened more in in a two-day span than christian wilkins from the sideline <laughs> uh today he he kept pointing um he had a moment with leonard fournette which was all kinds of funny today there was even a fun, funnier mo- moment but i'll reveal the one on wednesday the one on wednesday uh he tackles leonard fournette Says something something to him, keeps saying something to him, and Len Fournette throws a punch. <laughs> <laughs> and then Christian Wilkins spends the next 30 seconds laughing and pointing at him, saying, You're mad. He's actually mad, telling all his friends, Can you believe he's mad? <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Uh, and Christian he, Wilkins he, is the best. Yes, he was. Yes, he is. Today he decided every tackle he was gonna get, he was gonna pull the running back's flag and then punt it to the sideline. <laughs> and he did it about three times to, to one point where he was, he got Giovanni Bernard a little bit heated. Okay. And Giovanni Bernard busted a, a nice little run off of end. This, that was today. And I, you know, they gave him a touchdown. I think uh, Holland had the angle and let up, but if not, no matter, no matter, it would have been like a 26, 27 yard game. It was a good run by Giovanni yeah. Bernard and Giovanni Bernard celebrated like he won the Super Bowl, <laughs> which is odd because he actually did win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Oh, there you go. <laughs> you know, he was right on that team, right? Two years ago. Uh, oh, was he? Uh, was he on the team two years ago? Though? Yeah, when they won it all. No, was Giovanni he? Bernard? Uh, I'd have to look that up. I mean, I, I, I sort of somewhat remember talking about him as a factor, and um, but no, no, he wasn't. No, 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 no. This is no Giovanni Bernard. This was this year. He was only on the twenty twenty one team, oh, so okay. he missed out. He missed out on the bucks you know super bowl appearance and and win you know by a year mm-hmm. and then he missed out on the cincinnati's uh super bowl appearance by a year <laughs> like the guy's the guy's a mush this this dude's this dude's bad luck <laughs> yes he is do not sign him at all costs don't sign uh, him dolphins had a lot of fun a lot of fun and more things that were revealed. Tyreek Hill, uh, he has a pop up go- going up in Aventura Mall. Um, Sweet. He has a, it's they're gonna sell athletic apparel. It's gonna be, it's called Soul Runner. There's gonna be a special guest there August 15th. That's uh, on Monday. But he revealed that him and Xavier Howard are kind of like kindred spirits on this, on this team. Like they're, you know, they kind of see eye to eye on what their job is, like they're counted on. And the coach also revealed that those two guys are uh, in soccer. I think they call it a talisman. Uh, mm-hmm. Like he's a, or, and it's a term that I heard once before from, I believe it was, I think Chris Greer actually used this term, which is a signature player. And yeah, the, those are our two signature players, Tyreek Hill and Xavier Howard. And they communicated and Xavier Howard mm-hmm. evidently told Tyreek Hill that Julio Jones beat him on a route on Wednesday and that he was determined to kick his ass on Thursday. Yeah. Well, today was Thursday. Hulu Jones was nowhere to be found. (laughs) And and X kind of had a a clean sheet today. Mm -hmm. And uh, the defense had some issues uh, stopping the run, but you know, the passing game, there was no Brady, but it doesn't matter. The day before there was a Brady and they sacked him three times and they had three batted balls. I gave Emmanuel Agba the, 
the player of the practice. Uh, something or nothing, Chris, on the defense's dominance on Wednesday against Tom Brady. To give you the final numbers, zero points, five drives, two three and outs, two first downs, three sacks, three batted balls, two PBUs. Well, it, it, it sort of reminds me that didn't didn't we didn't the defense do like pretty well in the first half of the game? You know that they played. Um, uh, I, I believe so. I, I, yeah. I, I don't remember too well. I know to, the score was 24-24 in the third yeah, quarter like, when all hell broke loose. But like at halftime, well, at, yeah, okay. I guess just before the half, they they started to to lay it on, but um. Yeah, I mean, there's there's another touchdown right before the half, but I think I think there's like you know the there were it was kind of tight for a little bit uh, in that first half, and I think the defense was doing all right, um, and then you know then then second half they just opened up a big old can can of whoop ass I think, um, or like toward the end of the first half and then in the second half, uh, especially they go two minute and all that. Um, I, this, this is the defense that this is the defense that we're paying for. Um, you know, these guys are not just drafted. You know, a lot of them are all grown up, and um, and so it's kind of like you know why why keep them around unless you can unless you think that they can be this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's kind of how I took it. Is you know yeah this is of of all the you know we're we're sitting here chewing our our nails over the offense. Right. And mm. we should be, it's, it's offense and historically in Miami has been terrible. Um, and, uh, and this is a new coaching staff on offense and, you know, complete, you know, really revamped some, uh, some personnel as well. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're getting all nervous about the offense, but we're, we're not supposed to be nervous about the defense. So no, we shouldn't be that surprised at, at how they perform during these two days. They are a defense an established defense with established coaches, established players that all came back, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and so they're they're supposed to be able to pick up where they left off, and they frustrate teams during games, and and so they should be able to frustrate teams during uh, even the best teams, you know, during during training camp practices. Yeah, and um, right so. before we close out the show, I want to talk about one guy in particular. Uh, spoiler alert: It's Noah Benagini, but. Uh, we have this quote from Bucks outside linebacker Shaquille Barrett. And he says, uh, and this is on the Dolphins offense, and that's what we're going to talk about now, uh, what they did today on, on Thursday. They do a lot of misdirection stuff and make you have to have great eyes. If you're looking in the wrong spot, you could get out of position. And, if you, and they use that as an advantage, especially in the run game, with reaches and with wide runs and all the motions in the run game and the passing game is the same. It's just nothing straightforward. You have to be on your P's and Q's and on your assignments and on your keys so you can execute. I think they're Who going said, to have that's Who said that again? Shaq Barrett. Shaq Barrett. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think they're they're going to have us prepared for the season this year because we have to be disciplined and be able to go against them and have a good game against them. Uh it was a snuff film today today on offense. It was raining touchdowns. Uh, yeah, Chris, and it's it's normal to score touchdowns in the red zone period. You're starting at the 25 yard line and you have first and 10. OK, sure. So it's normal to have touchdowns. It's not normal to have eight, eight or nine or 10, 11 or t- uh, 
or score a touchdown on every single drive and not use your field goal kicker, which they didn't. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, they essentially scored on every single red zone try. And this was live because the hitting was live. Like, uh, I guess the memo went out sometime during practice. Like, let's start killing running backs because both teams just started smacking each other's running backs. Uh, Edmonds took one really bad from, from Levante David in the <laughs> hole. So, yeah, and that was right in front of me. Next play, Tua hits Waddle on a slant for a touchdown. And Waddle got touched up as well. So it was live. It's real football. Touchdowns were just, they were coming easy today in the red area. And we finally had a Mike Kosecki sighting. And the great thing about it is that they spotted at the 25-yard line. Tua hits Tyreek Kill down to about the 12. They run a boot pass, and Tua hits Gasecki for the touchdown. On the very next drive, they drive it down, and it's third down, and it's, this is the only drive that didn't complete for a touchdown. Tua throws it right to Gasecki over the middle. It hits both of his hands, and he drops it. Oh, God. Those were the only two targets of the day. Mm-hmm. So let, let's start there. Or You know what? Let's start there something or nothing that this offense was so good today and in fact i did give Tua Tungvaloa the the player of the day uh they were sharp and it wasn't because they were hitting big bombs or anything they were just executing they were just hitting everything it was they were moving the football well uh you know i think we have to distinguish and you you do dis- distinguish this and especially uh because the dolphins have a um have a new way of practicing yeah where it's it's focused it's so heavily focused on 11 on 11 right mm-hmm. and so exclusively we, we to, 11 on 11 yeah and we have to say we have to we have to probably distinguish you know what what kind of success came from uh, as you call it the turkey shoot uh in 7 on 7 or um or one-on-ones versus um versus the 11 on 11 but 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 by all accounts and including your own uh 11 on 11 was was really good for miami as well um i think that uh this is real this is something this is not nothing uh this is probably the best start that i've heard about for a miami dolphins offense uh in training camp you know the the most um the way the most consistent, I guess it's not up and down. It's, it's, it's a consistently good. Um, I, I cannot even remember the last time uh, we were hearing about this in, um, in Miami with the offense every year. It's always, well, you know, the offense is a shambles and we know that, but that's because um, you know, it's, well, first off, we, we have a new offensive coordinator practically every year. And, and second, um, you know, the, it's because the defense is quote unquote, always ahead of the offense at this time of year. Uh, that's, that's the mantra. And so we're, we're seeing first couple of weeks of training camp and now, now straight through to the, um, to the joint practices. Uh, it's not that this is not that this is not that history. And, um, and, you know, I, I can't help but look at the Tyreek Hill trade and think you know it's because it's not just him i mean he is clearly affecting things out there he has super high energy um he wants to be productive in training camp practices uh and he wants he's pumping up the crowd you know and stuff like that yeah i mean there's 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 that but i i think that there's something infectious about 
him, his uh, personality, uh, his his energy, but also just the energy that comes with the team having traded for him because it's such a marquee move. You know, it's mm-hmm. such it's such a big move. It's such a move that really I think it's inspired the um, the team a little bit because they are they are they have more pep in their step on on offense mm-hmm. than they than you know in previous years. You know, uh, we're coming off terrible offense year, challenged quarterback, a new offensive coordinator, new offensive staff. You know, here we go again, and and you know everybody's just like trying to get their work done and trying to trying to figure out the new offense and stuff. And I I actually see more than that on the offense. Um, you know, and, and from, especially from the clips uh, that we see, which are numerous, uh, thank you, I guess, rule breakers who are, uh, who are videotaping <laughs> stuff out there. I saw the entire practice, the entire Buccaneers practice on, on video uh, show up on video. Um, but yeah, I think there's more, I think there's, there's more going on here. And I, I really think that there was like some sort of, some sort of event, you know, um, that that really happened some sort of critical mass was reached with uh with the Tyree Kill uh addition to the offense because now there are those two receivers and when the bucks got a load of those two receivers of trying to are trying to stop them with the speed that they have and how how easily they get open which is you know it's just phenomenal um I, you know, you could, you could see it, you could see it in, in the Bucks language, like in, in their interviews and stuff. They're like, wow, this is, <laughs> you know, and, and it reminds me of, um, I, I made the comparison earlier, it reminds me of Isaac Bruce and, um, and Tory Holt back when the old, uh, the Rams offense, I'm not necessarily even talking about, you know, just the, the one year, the greatest show on turf or whatever, but like, you know, they, they, they really established something those two. And, um, and I, I think that, uh, this speed culture that, uh, is going around in Miami on offense and those two receivers, I, I think that's, we're seeing that build out and it's, it's real. It, it is going to translate in my opinion. Um, it is, I don't know how I, I can't, I can't just pull a ranking out of my ass or something like that, you know, and say, <laughs> Oh, maybe top three or top five or something. Yeah. I, fucking no idea but um but i know this that you know there was a lot of offensive frustrations last year year before um well in the last 20 years um and i think that we're going to be sitting here looking at an offense that scores points and and gets down the field Um, over or under 475 points 75 is a lot isn't it (laughs) it would be 27.5 per game God, that that's a high bar, man. That I'm gets gonna... you. That gets you in the top six in the NFL. Top that's just five? such a high. That's just a, such a high bar. You know, you, you set the bar too high because now the smart better in me is just going to say, "Of course, under you crazy." Like, <laughs> like I'm a I'm a I'm, I'm a risks I'm a risk specialist for fuck's sake. <laughs> um, you know, so uh, yeah. Um, but either way, I, I do think that we're going to see a a capable offense out there. Um, you know, one that's holding up their end of the bargain, possibly much more than holding up their end of the bargain. And, um, and it, you know, those, those receivers are just those two that pair is just something. And the one thing that, I, that I, I'm wondering about is, you know, okay. Yeah. The defenses start to, um, to try and figure out how to take those two away, which easier said than done. 
<laughs> yeah. um, does that mean Mike Gesicki starts to eat, you know, when that happens? Uh, or are we kind of seeing, you know, the, the real, the dash lights on, um, on, you know, the fact that he's not really doing much in these training camps and it's starting to become a story. You know, whenever I see a coach like McDaniel, um, go on about Mike Gesicki and he's like, you know, yeah. And this offense, just because the game plan changes every, every so drastically every week, you know, it's, it's going to be really up and down for the tight end. You have like George Kittle looking like an all pro one week. And then you said, yeah, that was today. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, This was, this was three days of, of explaining like, Hey, you know, you know, it's, it's nothing. That, That sounds to me, that sounds like, that sounds like, um, like rationalizing. To yeah. me, that sounds like rationalizing. That that sounds like a coach trying to keep his player happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you know, yeah, there's so much going to these two wide receivers, to Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, and I know they like to throw to the backs, you know, in this offense too. Yeah, and um, and you know, Cedric Cedric, Cedric Wilson is no uh, is no schlub. Um, so it, it's it's getting crowded. It's getting crowded. And we're seeing, we're seeing that effect on Gesicki and Gesicki is seeing that effect and maybe he doesn't like it. Um, and, uh, and so it's, it is, I, I think it is starting to become something to keep an eye on. It is because it could work out for him. It could work out brilliantly for him, you know, this year, but you could also see it not like you could also just see, Hey, we're just, we're running the ball a bunch because they're going to be committed to the run. We're throwing the ball to Jalen Waddle and, Ty- and Tyreek Hill. We're throwing the ball to the backs. Um, that just doesn't leave much room. Yeah, and know? the offense and the offense is very simple. It's uh, there's a lot of misdirection. They run outside. They have an emphasis on the run, and the passing game is hyperly focused on those two guys, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Like that's that's the pass offense. The pass offense is those two guys. And, and you know what's you know what's interesting about this offense, Alf. Sorry to interrupt, but mm. this like because I always felt like this style of offense in um in San Francisco, uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback, like it's it's sort of a front running front runners offense. You know, the mm. as as long as you can keep the uh, the threat because so much is oriented toward the threat of the run and and getting the 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 run and pass game to mesh so well and complement each other so well. Um, that you wonder about their ability sometimes when they get into a, well, you know, every, every team is going to go through it. They're going to have games where the other, you know, it just wasn't working out. The other team got ahead and you got to pass the ball. You got to pass the ball a lot. And, and it's not, you know, you're not going to be able to work off of those, um, those, those runs, um, that Miami does, uh, you know, outside zone and doing uh, play action off the outside zone. Play action off the outside zone is always is always going to be like bootleg or uh, half bootleg. Um, and you know, if you keep doing that during periods where you're down 14 points and you've got like seven minutes left in the game or five minutes left in the game, um, you it's not going to work very well. So I always wondered about that. I was questioned um, the ability for this offense to, to, um, to get through those. Well, really the go times, the, the, because mm. we're used to scoring in those times, the, in Miami, when we go hurry up and stuff like that, the end of the half, 
the end of the fourth quarter, stuff like that. Um, and I wonder if the offense could be challenged by that, but that's where I kind of think that the opportunity is because, um, because Tua as a quarterback for whatever reason, whether it is him idiosyncratically or whether it's, um, just the nature of the offense that, uh, that they had, but you know, he'd start out, he'd start out fast, bring us down the field for a touchdown, disappear for, you know, basically the rest of the time until, until halfway through or the end of the third quarter and then have a brilliant fourth quarter. And uh, you know, he was, he's literally one of the, one of the highest rated passers in fourth quarter in NFL history. Um, and so I wonder if, you know, this is, this is just ends up being a good marriage because what this offense and the design of this offense might lack in those situations, um, maybe Tua is just, you know, such, such a good rhythm passer that he's got such a feel for it by the end of the game that, um, if they do have to go pass, 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 they're still going to do all right. You mm -hmm. know? Um, and that's, that's what, that's what I wondered. That doesn't mean it's going to happen. Everybody's I, I get, you know, teased a lot. Cause, um, cause I was bullish on last year and then they finished nine and eight and it wasn't, um, it didn't, it didn't work out well to be fair though. The, the starting quarterback was like eight and four and then the yes. rest of the, and then the not starting quarterbacks, uh, quarterback was like one and four. So, um, yeah. but anyway, uh, you know, I think that I think that it could work out this way, and and if it does, then this is why. You know, and then, yeah, the way that I look at last year, by the way, is that we both said ten and seven. They were nine and eight, so we were wrong by one game, and the team I, was evidently. I might have I might have gone higher than that. I might have gone eleven. I might nah, have gone. 11 both of us six. were at ten and seven. I'm really? pretty certain about that. I was. I, I Simon actually that. hit his because he said nine and eight. But you know, Simon, but you know what? But you know what? I also said they were going to go on the. They're going to get in the playoffs and they're going to win a playoff game. <laughs> yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> and they didn't even get. It. I'm not. I'm not going to, you know, wheedle out of that one. Uh, they they were disappointing, more uh, compared to what I expected. Um, so you know, if it, but I'm saying like always leave room for things to work out too i mean i know we're pessimistic and all that but um but you always have to you know hey sometimes they also work out um so if if the dolphins do have a really good offense a really good team this year you know i'm trying to imagine the reasons why that would happen um and and that's that's kind of one of the things that that has my attention yeah well uh Devontae parker scored a touchdown <laughs> <laughs> oh just did he yeah uh brian yeah, Hoare, I know, I know he's wearing 11 right so so yeah, yeah. yeah that's Devontae parker yeah uh he's starting the game uh i guess the patriots haven't gotten the memo is that no that is somebody called thornton wearing 11 Devontae parker oh, has his oh, number taken Taekwon away thornton. Yes. thornton oh that's yes. not somebody named thornton that's that's a that guy has the potential to be a star yeah well he just caught a touchdown yeah, well, I'm not. I'm not surprised that guy. Out, you know, Miami wasn't wide receiver. Did Devontae Parker get draft. cut already? <laughs> <laughs> no, Miami wasn't wide receiver starved in this draft, and so that's why it was surprising that as a common was uh, one of their first uh, selections that when they of the picks they actually had. Um, but I mean, if if we were all about wide receivers, man, I'd been banging the table for Tyquan Thornton. That guy, that guy's something. Yeah, and, and as a comma, let's face it, as a comma, it's going to be hard to keep him off the field. I was I was wrong about him. Uh, 
But I was basing it on what I saw, you know, out there earlier this this year. Uh, I thought that this was going to be a redshirt year for him. Uh, he's making a case for I need playing time. Like you got to play me. But, he's big, strong, time, gets open, makes plays. But at the same time, above who? Because like it's like you're not you're not taking unless they need a blow and you you need to keep him fresh or something. You you're not gonna you don't want to take Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle off the field and the other guys are cedric wilson and uh and mike gesicki basically so um and because you know they're gonna there's gonna be the fullback is gonna be there and that's not really something that that um as a comma can really affect or or you know entice entice the coach to say okay well we're not gonna get use 21 at all like and no I, he really wants to use 21 he has reasons for it but um you know, like above who, I guess, is is the question because it's not as if Cedric Wilson is not looking great out there. He's he's looking pretty good out there. Mm-hmm. So is he is he going to play above him? Yeah, right. It, like it's 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 going to be interesting, right? Yeah, you know? I just love I just love um, about the thing that I like about it as a comment. This is why I, I compared him to Mohamed Sanu, who is now on the team. Um, is he is so strong. He is so strong with the football in his hands. And, and that's, that's part of what differentiated Jamar chase. And, uh, and we see, we see how he is. Um, but I mean, he is just, he, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's, he's got more muscle on him or, or what than, than others, but I mean, he is really strong with the football in his hands. And, um, and we've seen some of that already in, in training camp. Well, I guess that's going to have to do it. And the next time that we talk to you will be about a game, a game that they actually play. They're playing on Saturday. Although they're playing on Saturday. That's crazy, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Although the coach kind of revealed today, like, you know, you might not see Tua, you might not see Tyreek Hill. Although Tyreek Hill was actually lobbying to play. Oh, yeah. I'm sure yeah. he will. I'm sure he will lobby, but like, I don't think he'll play. But yeah. And I guess we start with two episodes a week starting next week, but till then. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.